Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Ads Lyson. And I forgot to mention on the last podcast with Nick Tisco that um, we've reached a three-year marker doing the podcast now for three years. So thank you for everybody that's continued to listen over those three years. It's been an interesting journey. I've made some a few transitions, much like probably the rest of you have in your in your lives. So again, thank you very much for listening and uh, and thanks for all the support. Let's talk a little bit about surfing. I haven't been in the water for at least two and a half months now. Here in the UK, the, the waves have been pretty poor. I live about an hour's drive away. So um, my, my local spots have been working, but the swell period's been been pretty rubbish. So um, I haven't really ventured out. I've had a little go on my surfscape, you know, around my, around my house and down on the seafront where I live, but nothing nothing crazy. Been trying to keep up with the, uh, with the WSL, but, you know, the last few events haven't been particularly interesting or exciting. They've been pretty subpar waves, considering it's the... You know, the dream tour that everyone keeps talking about all the time. When you come to listen to this, the Jeffreys Bay competition should be up and going. It's been intermittent. The The waves at the moment I've been watching this morning have been been pretty decent. So hopefully the comp's going to be pretty good and the forecast looks pretty special um, for the next week or so. So um, yeah, it's just, just see how that unfolds. It's one of those waves that I've really wanted to go and surf. I missed out on a few trips going there. You know, maybe maybe it's a bucket list thing to to go there and do that. But the flip side of it is as well as do I really want to go and surf a really sharky cold water spot? I don't know. It's one of those things, isn't it? You know, I'm a surfer, passionate surfer. So should I should I be going? Yeah, just go and do it. Or do I suck it all up and go and sit with the crowds in Indonesia? Maybe. In the next few years, I have absolutely no idea. Or even go back to Morocco. Morocco is pretty fun. Anyway, leading on to the podcast this week for the next fortnight, my guest started training MMA and martial arts. You know, back in the early nineties, um, he started his pro MMA career around about nineteen ninety-seven. So he was one of the pioneers in the UK for for MMA. Little did he know that know that back then, but you know, his uh, his name is kind of embedded with with that kind of core of uh, grappling and and martial arts fighters uh, he's competed in lots of different fighting productions from cage warriors to polaris which is his uh, most recent fights in the last couple of years some grappling fights i have to say this man is an oracle when it comes to come to martial arts and grappling jiu-jitsu judo all that sort of thing he is a role model for most people, I would guess, if you know him. Very inspirational. So, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Lee Remedios. Lee Remedios, welcome to the podcast. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Second time round, so hopefully we'll be all right this time. <laughs> yeah. Three questions for you. How are you? Where are you? And have you trained today? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've got a sore shoulder. I'm not sure how I did that. It's not awful, but yes, a bit of a niggle. I think I slept funny on it um, for a couple of days. Um, but it's all right. Uh, apart from that, I'm all good. Uh, where am I? I'm at home I'm in Chippenham I'm at my house. <laughs> and um, how I trained today, I've taught 
kids class and I've taught adult class and I've jumped in and did some little bit of rolling, but not much. How do you find that as a, as a coach and uh, and as a as a jujitsu instructor? The like how you how you kind of manage your, your training? Because I know we spoke yesterday about you do some functional training, so you, you're kind of a little bit like me. You're at the latter end of your your 40s so I'm in my mid 40s so you kind of feel it a little bit more and you can't kind of like just go hard all the time you know how, how do you find managing it these days so um I don't find that my age is really much of a problem yet um maybe a little bit but no not 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 really um I always found that when I was younger I'd train like an idiot and I'd be injured or I'd get ill and I'm smarter now as I've got older you know just as you learn more over time and I'm probably more healthy now than I was when I was younger because I'm not overtraining all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just smart about it. Um, I, I I love jujitsu, so I teach it and I jump in and roll. I don't roll with guys much bigger than me very often. So, sometimes I will, but not very often. Um, I don't tend to roll with people that go crazy. I'm I'm, I'm quite selective in my in my training partners. Um, I'm not interested in winning a, a match uh, in in a role. I'm more much more interested in just trying to work on something I'm trying to work on. Um, if you tap me, no no problem. I'm I'm happy to tap in in, in a role. It means means nothing to me. So yeah, I just I do all the things I I suppose that, I, that are cliches that people think that you you don't really have to do. Like I don't I don't roll with an ego. You know I try and eat somewhat healthy. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Um, I do some strength training. I do some cardio. I do some mobility work, you know, all the all the boring stuff that you hear about when you're younger and then you realize as you're older, yeah, you do need to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm all right for it. I think it works. You find you the, the way that you uh, you kind of look at the, your outlook on training and stuff now, do you find that's um, the way that it's it's reflected when, you, when you're coaching? Because I've trained in lots of different places over my time. Obviously, I've not trained anywhere near as long as you have. Um, but this is going to sound quite I don't know like I'm being a bit of a pussy really but it's not meant to be like that is that I've trained in some places and all they do every single session is they just go after it they go after it they go after it I've got zero I, interest in that no, yeah I mean, no I, I used to when I was and, I, and I'd think like like I'd hear people talking about oh yeah no but we care about technique and I think you fucking pussies um no you've got to have it but no you don't no you've got to be sensible um, I have zero interest in having a gym war. Now, if you come into my gym and you act like a dickhead, yeah, I'm probably going to beat you up, right? And yeah, we're going to have a fight. But it's not what I want. You know, I mean, as a coach and a gym owner, kind of that's my responsibility. But I'd much rather just have a steady technical role. Now, if you've got a comp coming up and you're going to you're going to put in a couple of hard rounds, of course, I get that. You know, but um, most most the vast majority of my training is technical roles with lower grades um, and smaller people and just trying to work and improve on my strategies and my techniques. I've got absolutely no interest in having a gym or none whatsoever. Love that. Got the same sort of like outlook on that as well. I think, I think the way that I am, um, the way that I like to, to roll and uh, the way that I try and um, I try and reflect that onto my students as well. So when they come in, you know what it's like when you've got a guy that's never trained before, they're all really stiff and stuff, but you try and implement this kind of element of relaxation. It's really difficult to try and get that across to somebody. How do they relax? Well, I am relaxed, I am. But then, you know, as as they, they spend more time on the mat, they, they get used to that. But I also find as well that if you implement that, it's not being weak, but they I also find they 
train um their their training is is more sensible and and they get more out of it and they learn better by doing it as opposed to let's say for instance you're on um i don't know side control escape week or something like that you practice these these techniques but then you go into the sparring sessions and all they do is just kick the shit out of each other and nobody nobody's kind of facilitating and watching over that um and nobody learns anything so look um and i'm i'm not going to try and try and say that i'm better than anyone else or anything like that um what i am going to say is that i got my black belt relatively quickly in jiu-jitsu um no, no i already had 20 years of grappling behind me so you know i mean it's maybe maybe you, you you could flip that and say it took you ages to get your black belt okay but when i actually started grading it took me like I don't know, about six years to get my black belt um which is relatively fast um i got my brown belt in three years and then i was uh, and then at brown i was i was floating around a bit of brown um and, uh, and, and then i got my black belt now that's not to try and say that i'm really really good i'm not trying to make that argument at all what i'm but I'm trying to say that I I did train intelligently to get there. Um, I was quite keen to get my black belt because I'm a gym, I'm a coach and I run a gym and it was really useful for me to have a black belt. Um, and because I wanted to fight against better guys, um, I wanted to fight the best guys that I could fight. Um, so that comes a black belt. So I was quite keen to get through the belts quite quickly. And I, I, I know that sounds maybe a bit um, materialistic. I know they've kind of people kind of frown on that. Um, but oh well, I mean. You, you you can lie to yourselves, but you all, you all want your next belt. Well, it's um, personal goal setting as well, isn't it? Yeah. So exactly. And and where I'm going with this is how how did I do that? But I trained sensibly. I didn't do it by having gym wars all the time. I didn't. I simply didn't. I did compete a lot. So I did get some wars, obviously, because I was competing. I was competing every month, um, and maybe maybe more than once a month, um, to try and find my holes. But most of my training was based around identifying my holes, and going to the gym and kind of find solutions around those, put myself into put myself into those positions. Um having my training partners work with me, like, okay, we're, we're gonna go spend an spend an hour or two in the gym at lunchtime and we're gonna drill how to deal with this part of the guard or how we're gonna break their posture and all this sort of stuff. Um and we just problem solve, problem solve, problem solve. Um that's where most of my training is. It's it's around problem solving um and trying to improve. It's not about trying to tap out the person I'm wrong with. Cause I'm and again I know it's going to sound kind of arrogant, but yeah, I probably can tap up most of the guys I roll with. Um, not because they're crap and not because I'm great, but I mean, I've been doing this for over two decades, you know? So yeah, I've got a lot of experience. I probably can tap up most of the guys I roll with, but that, what does that, what does that prove? Like, oh, I tapped out a guy who's been training three years when I've been training 23 years or more than that. Right. So it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't mean anything. Right. I, I care much more about, can I figure a way of getting rid of that grip that's on my collar or, can I deal with, with 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 that lasso that's creeping in? You know, so that's how I train anyway. Um, and it, and it, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I've, I got my black belt pretty quick, and I've smitten more champions, and I've, I've I've just I've just won the British in a gi. I, you know, I had I had no no gi training when I started jujitsu. It was all no gi, all MMA, and I just won the, the the British Open at black belt. So I'm right. Um, not again. Not trying to say that I'm the best. Of course, I get smashed by a lot of guys, but I'm just trying to say that. Um, for me, the proof's in the pudding. I train sensibly. I don't train mega hard. I train consistently, and it seems to be paying off. I think uh, I, I went back over and did a little bit of research, um, kind of like on your background. And um, I think you had your from Google. You can correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so your um, 
your first your first sort of like professional MMA fight was in 1997. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Over so, in Vancouver. Yeah. So how? When did you? When did you first start getting into? Um, I, well, I guess it would have been Valtudo back then, or, yeah, or something, so, something similar so, to that. When 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 I was when I was a kid, uh, me and my mates used to watch. Um, well, I've always been kind of passionate about combat, um, and it wasn't available to me in Kent. <laughs> really, um, there was a, I did some judo as a kid. I did some kickboxing as a kid and some taekwondo. You know, I've got black belt taekwondo. Um, I did I did what I could find. I did some Greco-Roman wrestling that happened. I, you know, I used to do um, track, track and field issue athletics. I did compete in pole vault quite a lot. And um, after after we did our session, then some guys came and did some, some Greco-Roman. So, oh, that looks interesting. So I jumped in and had a little bit of that as well. And we used to watch the shoot fighting stuff out of Japan. This was before the UFC. And um, it was, and I'd read about it in like Martial Arts Illustrated and these different magazines around in the 80s, you know, combat magazine. And um, so I thought, well, it, it sounds like something I should implement in my game. But we didn't have anyone, anyone to learn with. So just tried like, what's that, an arm bar? What's, 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 what's that? You know, what, what's this leg lock? And a lot of the fights are fixed. So we're trying to copy submissions that aren't really submissions, you know, like cross face chicken wings and stuff. And But we're doing our best. And so we started doing it. And then... Um, then I was over in Vancouver. My, my, my dad lived in Canada. He moved. He moved there with his family. Um, like my uh, my grandma, my grandparents, and and his his siblings were over in Vancouver from Hong Kong. So he moved out as well. And I was visiting, and uh, I was doing some training at some other places. And then this place turned up that was doing teaching jujitsu. Um, so I went down there, trained um, with J uh, Jason Farron um, in the in the mid mid to late nineties. And um, I just loved it. It's something that I found that I was just quite natural at. And it was actually really based on Valetudo. Uh, so it just suited, really, suited me really, really well. Um, and then when, when the opportunity fight came up, I, I jumped at it. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, that was it. So, um, and then ever since then, I realized that grappling was, and I watched USC and I realized grappling was a really effective way to fight. And especially being a smaller guy, trying to knock someone out was really hard. Um, but I could submit them. You know, so I just started grappling a lot, but self-taught most of it after that. You know, I moved back to the UK and, and self-taught grappling, just trying to get all the resources I could find because there wasn't a lot in the 90s to learn in the UK. Um, so me, me and some friends um, got together and just just tried to figure it all out. Yeah, and then that that was it. Yeah, it's, it's quite um, without sounding sort of like derogatory. It's uh, it, it's quite a familiar story for people that you know were into the fight game. You know, back in back in the early days, you know, whether it was karate yep. or taekwondo or something like that, and you know, they found a few videos or you know saw an article in the in martial arts magazines. And you know, if there's a younger audience there listening, there there was no internet then. The internet didn't really kick in until sort of like you know the two thousands and and a little bit later on that where it became became popular. So everything was through like magazines and articles in the back of that and and um and newspaper advertisements and you know you'd you'd send off your little clip off a coupon, wouldn't you? You get your VHS or your uh yeah, your yeah, yeah. video through and yeah, sometimes it'd work, other times it wouldn't, and it wouldn't work if it was a foreign import either. You had to have a special thing for that. And yeah, yeah. and it's worth noting as well that jiu-jitsu and a gi wasn't at least in the circles that i was in it wasn't wasn't very popular um because I, I i was i was an mma fighter so um i wanted to, to 
grapple and I did a lot of grappling, but my grappling was all based on actual fighting, not on not on submission fighting. I mean, obviously I wouldn't submit people, but it wasn't based on like sitting guard and 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 you know inverting or anything like that, which is really cool and you know and and, and I do it myself um, now. I do jujitsu competitively rather than MMA, but the grappling was all take them down, get get on top of them, punch the shit out of them, take a submission. If they're on top of you, close your guard, hold them in tight, go for a submission or a sweep, or try and get back to your feet. Right? That was so. I mean, whilst that has served me well in jujitsu, um, there was definitely, uh, and one of the reasons I switched to jujitsu was because there's a lot more to grappling for jujitsu than there is grappling for MMA. And I figured that I was, I was missing a few tricks here. So um, if I if I started training predominantly Brazilian jujitsu, I could I could improve my grappling. You know, things little things like holding posture. Um, framing stuff like that, that that you don't use so much in in MMA. Uh, guard passing was a big one. You don't use it very much because you just punch people. You know, you, you don't posture is not a massive thing because you you want to hold someone down. Framing is not a great idea because you want to hold someone close to you and, and and clinch. You know, if you create separation, they're gonna elbow you in the face. So um, learning to learning jujitsu, moving across the jujitsu was something that I wanted to do to to round my grappling game out. Yeah, one of the things I was actually going to ask you was, you know, what you've obviously trained in lots of different different forms of different martial arts over over the years, and mm-hmm. um, you've done a lot of submission grappling competitions. You know, what yeah. what sort of sub, what sort of form of submission grappling do you find is is probably best suited for kind of uh, not necessarily MMA, but but competition because there's, there's loads out there these days. There's loads of little things like, you know, you've got sambo, catch wrestling, you know, loads and loads of different ones, in, including jiu-jitsu as well. So, I mean, jiu-jitsu is probably the one that I've got the most experience at now. Um, I'm, I'm, so I've got a black belt in judo and I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a black belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu. Um, and... Um, I think it depends really on the rule set. It really does. Um, because grappling for judo is different to grappling for jiu-jitsu. Uh, because if you throw someone flat on, on, on their back, you, you, win, you win by a pawn in judo. If you throw them and they're not quite flat and you get a wazari, um, then you, you can enter the ground game. But you get stood up quickly. So what that does is it forces you to be more dynamic in your grappling. You're not going to sit there and and slowly and methodically look to get the grips to deal with their guard and then try and backstep over the feet and, and, and try and move your own into side control, take your time, isolate an arm or or tie up tie them up with the with a lapel. And you, 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 you can't do that. You simply can't do that in judo. You can't. You you have to you have to throw them, jump past their legs and rip on an armbar. You know, you, you have to you have to smash your way into into a juji. Or you've got to get your 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 strangles and you've got to smash them on. You have to, that's, that's, or you get stood up. You can have a full-on submission if if it's if the refs are a bit clueless, which a lot of them are. I um, don't want to insult anyone, but it's a reality. Then they're going to just stand you up. Out. I, I, I've been I've I've, I've been um, mate out, out of submissions. Right? What? what? <laughs> I've got, got a submission on. Right? Even a full-on psychaku. Hey, I'm, I'm going to what? What? Am I, but that's the way it is. So where I'm going with this is it, it completely depends. Like uh, in in jujitsu, you can get penalised for stalling, you know, and, and 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 you can get you can get penalties for different things, you know, put your your hands inside the wrong part of the sleeve or the collar or whatever, right, or or in the trousers. There's 
so it really depends. No, no gi, even, even no gi Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in, in almost every division, you can't heel hook, you can't slam. Um, you know, um, so it, 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 your options are guard pass, right? I mean, of, of course, you can't punch someone, you know, but that's okay. You know, I mean, I get that. It's, it's not, it's not fighting, it's not, it's not MMA, it's, it's, it's grappling. Um, but your options are still limited. You know, if you allow me to heel hook people, um, then I'm going to change my strategy quite quite significantly. I'm I'm not going to worry about passing the guard so much, and I don't need to, because as I as I go to put pressure on you, you're going to put your your guard up, and I'm going to grab your leg. So, it, I know it's a bit of a crap answer, but what's what's better depends on the rule set. If we're looking at something like ADCC, I would say Brazilian Jiu Jitsu would only be a relatively small part, probably the biggest part, probably jujitsu, but you it's got it's got a lot of holes. Um I get brought in to do seminars for jujitsu gyms, despite the fact that I'm been only been training jujitsu for a small small period of time. But I get I, I do quite a lot of seminars um because people are um are realizing that they've got gaps from the traditional Brazilian jujitsu of let's uh, let, let call a spade a spade most jiu-jitsu gyms um that are very popular and that's great and i'm not knocking what they do it's you know it's great you know um but if you want to be well-rounded for anything more than jiu-jitsu um you've got to do more because a lot of these gyms they go in and they do a technique and then they're rolling is they sit on their you know um sit on their knees or they, or they start sitting down and they do a fist bump and then they they, they play a bit of pulling on pajamas they very you know or, or they never do no gi they don't have any clue on leg locking at all. They never do takedowns. Um, and, I mean, to me, I think the Olympics of, of of grappling, of submission grappling is the ADCC. So if you want to compete in that rule set, you better have leg locks. You've got to know how to deal with wrestling. And you've got to be able to roll no gi. This, you know, so I, I, I get quite a lot of people calling me in to teach seminars to, to cover these sort of areas. Um, which, which, which I think is fantastic that, that, that people are embracing it, and that's, and that's, that's awesome. You know that, that people want to learn this stuff um, because for so long, you know, people have got to black belts, first, second degree black belts, and they they don't know how to roll no gi. They don't know they don't know how to do a heel hook. You know, um, it's not it's not their fault. It's, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to blame anyone for it. It's just the way the the, the sport had gone at the time. Um, but they're realizing that actually we need to address this. So I think jujitsu to answer your question directly, jujitsu with heel hooking and wrestling and yeah some no gi <laughs> all those things that you just talked about are kind of the things that you know i i am i am currently you know working on and i, and I think um i made a i made a conscious decision you know quite quite a few years ago that i wasn't really going to look at the leg game um until uh until i got to brown belt because in my head i felt that i think that's, that's a mistake Personally. Well, hear me out. I'll hear you out. Yeah. So you know, I got I got into jujitsu sort of like in my in my in my early thirties. So you know, I got I got into kind of martial arts. I'd done a bit of karate when I was a kid and stuff, but I'd never really, I never really kind of focused on it at all. And um, and when I, like I dabbled with things and I'd done a few lessons with it, but this is one of the things that I found. And when, so when I was a blue belt, I went to a 10th planet gym. I'm not going to say where it is, but they sent me this video and said, right, what, what you need to do is you need to kind of look over this warm up. So basically, it was, if you've ever looked at the 10th planet warm up 
um, videos. They're basically the technique that they're going to teach that that session. So okay. I went in and did it, and then afterwards we did a bit of rolling. But I know, I but what I realized realized was that my my fundamentals of jujitsu, so my basic side control mount and the way that I was able to move, and um, and my pressure was a, was a lot better than these guys that were that were training you know and and doing these leg lock drills they're all really slick and smooth at doing them but anything else didn't really play into it and that played sort of like a big thing in my in my head a little bit it kind of run quite clear so i said to I myself think, right you're gone i think yes i was gonna say i think i think you've been sold a um a, a kipper there um and as much as i'm gonna say this with all due respect um but a lot of the 10th planet gyms in my opinion and i don't want to offend anyone i really don't but i could just call a spade a spade um their actual jujitsu as you as you rightly identify isn't isn't strong they, they they're very good at 10th planet systems but in and of itself that's not enough in my opinion i, look, I use rubber guard all the time i've used it in mma fights and, and i've wrecked people with it I, I think it's excellent um i really like eddie and i really like his stuff you know i mean i know him personally um and, and, and I like his systems. I think they're, they're really good. But in and of themselves, they're not enough. They're an excellent bolt-on to an already good jiu-jitsu game. So I think, what's, I think for you, what, 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 what you've seen is that these guys have focused on their legs and their leg locking and their other bits, but my jiu-jitsu fundamentals have shut them down, which I would absolutely expect to happen. But that doesn't mean that you can't have good fundamentals and learn heel hooks at the same time. That's what, what I do. Um, I've got I've got decent fundamentals. I think. I mean, I, I put a gi on and I can go and win black belt competitions. Um, but I'll also heel hook people. I don't think it has to be ex mutually exclusive. I don't see it as a separate game. Um, at, at our gym, and it's the way it's, the way my jiu has always been is that heel hooks are just another submission. Like to me, it's it is the same as saying going to a gym and saying, "Oh yeah, um, we, we train jiu-jitsu, but we don't train kimuras." What, what, why oh well you know that, that that's a different game and i've i've seen people only focus on kimura trap and when i got good, good positioning then they can't use it on me right but still le learn kimuras though right <laughs> um so, so at my place we learn we learn kimuras and we learn arm bars and we learn triangles and we learn rear naked chokes and we learn collar chokes and we learn uh collar sleeve guard and we learn delaheva and we learn heel hooking and we learn knee bars and we learn all this stuff because it's all jiu-jitsu so I don't, I don't think you have to choose one and not the other um now i understand the argument as well that people say if you focus on leg locking then your guard passing might not ever develop and i get that i do um and i think there's some merit to it especially because i said it myself earlier that if i'm allowed to heel hook i'm not going to focus on passing the guard so much uh but jiu-jitsu competitions don't allow you to leg lock properly. Not heel, not they're not allowed to heel hook. Or certainly not knee reap at least at any level until you're apart from adult nogi brown and black. Now, um, but you can't do heel hooks or knee reaping and, and, and until you're a brown or black belt. Uh, so all the way up to brown, you have to learn to pass guard anyway. But in the meantime, learn some heel hooks, learn some leg locks because you're gonna have you you don't want to hit brown and then leg locks are allowed and you haven't got a clue and you've got now we've got to play catch up. Right. So I, I kind of, I kind of knew some like uh, you know basic ashigramis and um, leg entries. Uh, played with like you know entering into the saddle quite a little bit. 
Okay. Um, I, I knew how to do a, how to do a, a straight ankle lock. Um, I, I understood the concept of of heel hooks, knew, knew how to do it. But um, so going back to kind of kind of what I was saying is that uh, I so when when I hit brown belt, that's when I really kind of started focusing on it a little bit more. And the and the gym um, that I'm affiliated with and, and I train with up in Exeter. And they have got some really good guys there, like like really good. Like it's, I, I I can't even explain how how kind of technical some of the guys who, are. Who is it? What's a gym or is that secret? I don't know. No, no, no X, X to BJJ. Oh, okay, uh, James. Yeah, under James Hodges. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so um, he, he is excellent. Yeah, he's really yeah, good. So, so James, you've got, you've got Auric, you've got Chris uh, Chris Cabela Jones. Um, there, right? Yeah, Genki's there as well. Tanya's there. Yep. So all all those guys, they're they're really really knowledgeable. Yeah, um, they're yeah. So you know, I, I they're they're and they're really approachable as well. Where I can I can dip into their knowledge. Um, you know, I'm, I'm asking questions, stuff like how how do you how do you get out of the saddle once you get into it? Lo- loads of little things like that. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's really started to like it sounds really really stupid but like i feel the reason why i I left it to that late really to really kind of invest my time into it is because i feel now that my knowledge base and my the way that i look at it mentally i'm able to put it together without being confused so by defending something you can also learn how to use it as well so when I'm I'm putting all these little pieces together, like I can I can understand it. Now don't get me wrong, I teach um, straight heel hooks, um, heel hooks, straight ankle locks, and and things like that to my students. Again, so they have a have a greater knowledge. I have touched on on heel hooks before, but nothing super complicated. Just the application of them and and what they can do. And if they do use them, they need to use them in a you know in a, in a, in a slow um, applied manner, not ripping them on so people are getting destroyed. So you know, I'm, I'm well, that's, putting... that's, that's same for any submission, though, right? You don't want to exactly like like so like um, I guess kind of circling back to, to to my point. To me, that they're just another submission, like like every other submission. They just like. I don't wanna I don't wanna rip on a Kimura, I don't wanna rip on an armbar, I don't wanna rip on a wrist lock, I don't wanna rip on you know, straight ankle lock or a knee bar or or, or in, you know, or a guillotine or anything. I don't I don't wanna rip, rip rip on any of this stuff. Um to me it's all it's, they're all they're all submissions and they're all valid and I just learned them all from the beginning. That's I mean, you know, people do it differently and I'm not gonna say that like, you know, you're wrong for doing it your way, but like, it's not the way I would do it. It's not, not the way I did it, right? I, mean, I think I think leaving any part of your jiu-jitsu till later on, I think, means you means you've got a hole there, you know. So um, and it becomes a weaker area. Like like I yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I get it. So so going back to like what you're saying about applying everything, you know, I've the, the, there's a there's a couple of guys that um that are former MMA fighters that I train with as well, and they're um. Their submission stuff is is not necessarily great, but they're really good at like pinning you to the ground and and moving out of the way of like you, you trying to apply like your different types of guards. It's almost kind of nullified, and it, and it makes it really interesting to train with them as well because you're kind of you're you're thinking about what they're doing now. If you don't train wrestling or you've never done wrestling before, 
the the way that a wrestler moves to a guy that trains jiu-jitsu is kind of like a, a white belt that has never trained um brazilian jiu-jitsu before yeah now no, i i love this right because i was talking about this the other day you get a guy that comes into the gym never trains before and you try and pass his guard or something like that it can be really difficult sometimes because they yeah, haven't yeah, got yeah. that that learned neural pathway to 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 understand what they're doing but then once they learn it they kind of lose it a little bit and they go into like working the jiu-jitsu game as opposed to being going back to kind of that that sort of like, I don't know anything, so I'm going to do this, which is kind of right in a way. And that's kind of how I see wrestlers, right? Is that they're really good at kind of keeping the distance, keeping their hips away. If you go to put your foot onto their, you know, hip or you go for their legs, they're moving around somewhere else or, you know, takedowns, their posture's really good. They're really yep. quick coming in for takedowns and stuff. So you have to sprawl hard or, you know, make sure you get those double underhooks in or at least an underhook. So I, I, I find where the the point of where i am and when i'm teaching it's it, it, i i love where i am at the moment with it um I, I, just because like you kind of absorb everything you 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 can understand what's going on and then you can kind of replicate that but also disseminate inf that information down and that's kind of why i like i love jujitsu and kind of i um I kind of had this rapport with it outside of surfing is because it, I feel it's like there's a bottomless pit to it. There is no, there is no end to it. it, it, it there's no. Like, You're always uh, learning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my, my overriding philosophy to getting better at jujitsu has always been find my holes and, and fill them. So, and of course with jujitsu, there's always a hole, always, there's always something that you, that you don't know. There's always something that you're worse at. So I'm always trying to trying to fill it. So um, and that's that's kind of where I'm going. For, that's where I'm coming from with this kind of a, a leg locking thing. I think um, if it's a hole, fill it, right? You know, um, and, and look, I'm not saying I don't have holes. That's I'm certainly not saying that. I'm when I when I came to jujitsu, I had massive holes because grappling for MMA is different to grappling for jujitsu, and and I I don't, I had some some really big holes. Um, the gi wasn't the big one. Like although I didn't have much gi practice. Um, it wasn't too bad, you know. I, I I switched into judo and jujitsu, and the gi was relatively straightforward to pick up. Just some different, some different grips, and that was about it. But the actual like how to pass a guard was really the big one for me because I never had to, you know. So and and as I said before, you know, the posture framing, all this sort of stuff was all was all new to me. Um, so I, I certainly had holes. I'm not trying to say that. I'm I'm not trying to say that I'm 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 great and everyone who does different to me is is, is wrong. That's not at all what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> I'm saying we, we've all got holes. My strategy for getting better was to fill mine. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, and that's, that's the advice. I, that's the advice I would give to people um, looking to get better, like like more quickly. Yeah, and I'm also a, a, a big sort of like custodian of, of programming as well. You know, I've trained at a lot of gyms where. You know, you go to one class and they'll teach, I don't know, side control or side control escapes. And then the next class you go to the next day, it's like back taking and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's, it's, it, it's super random. Um, no so no uh, rhyme or reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, one day you might be teaching like a side control escape and then there's no sort of like continuation of that. There's no developing, uh, yeah. developing that skill. And um I, I guess in the way if you don't do that then you can't develop those patterns to 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 learn better you just 100%. like 
yeah. just picking but, at little little bits and then learning about five weeks later when they go back to it again. Yeah, so when when I started jiu-jitsu, I was kind of um, in awe of the way that everything seemed so systemized. It was very strategic. You know, there's very much an idea of positioning. And you've got like five basic positions, you know, and oh, a, a ton of variations of each one. But you've got a guard, you've got a half guard, you've got side control, you've got the mount, you've got the back. And of course, and you've got all these north-south, neon belly, um, different types of half guard, you know, deep half guard. You've got these helicopters, you've got, you know, like lockdown, all the, and all the different types of guard. You know, you've got the Elahivas, butterflies, clothes, all this sort of stuff, right? But you've got five basic-ish, roughly, um, split into whatever number you want, but you've got these these positions, and then you've got these limited number of submissions. You know, you've got your armbar, kimura, triangle, rear naked choke, guillotine, you know, couple of leg locks, you know, whatever, right? You know, maracanas and stuff. And then you, you tack them onto the different positions. And it seemed to me so so strategic and so um, so planned and well thought out that I can just go from step to step to step and, and follow a map to start the fight from the beginning. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I'm at the end and I've finished the guy, right? So that, and, I, and I love that about jiu-jitsu. It wasn't just, you know, trying to throw some punches and some kicks and try and get better at reactions and move and, and just try and, you know, you know try, try and, trying to beat someone up by just being... You know, I'd be better than them. I, I could, I could actually have a strategy, and the smarter guy would win the fight. Um, but I think somewhere along the way, where where jiu-jitsu kind of exploded, um, and I don't want to say it watered down because I, and that makes me sound like one of these bitter old men. Like it was all fields in my day, right? I mean, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to say, but um, I do think that uh, somewhere along the way, when people just decided to put the gi on. Um, and never do no gi and never do takedowns and never do leg locks and all, any of that stuff that's applicable to real fighting. When, when it became a very specific sport, um, I think in a, a lot of way that and it became commercial and people lost the the passion in some in some some cases and some gyms they don't under they've moved away from 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 the systemization. Uh, whereas I think it's really, really important to systemize your jiu-jitsu. If I, for example, like, what I, I, I don't, it, it doesn't matter what your favorite guard is, but whatever it is from your favorite guard, you're going to have a number of attacks that link together. I, I, I know you do, right? You're going to have, you're going to have a strategy that you're going to go here from whatever guard you choose. Maybe, maybe your guard's butterfly, maybe it's lasso, maybe it's whatever it is, spider, closed guard, you're going to have attacks. And when that doesn't work, you're going to switch to the second one that you've already got planned and then when that doesn't work, you're going to move to your third one and be a sweep or a submission or whatever, because you've systemized it. You know, um, you're you're a high you're a high high grade jujitsu player. You've got a systemized guard. We all do. Um, but just like you're saying, people aren't teaching systems; they're teaching a technique, and the next class is another technique. Whereas, how's that, where's the link? Yeah, there is none. Right? You teach a system, and because it really really helps your students. When they when they when they can when they can understand it, otherwise they've got this they've got this massive spectrum of techniques, this massive like plethora of moves, and they just got to try what pick one from here and one from here and and one of the big things that I, I see one of the biggest gaps that separates someone that can't grapple very well, like a white belt to a blue belt or a blue belt to a purple belt, is technique selection, choosing the right technique at the right time, and if you systemize it, you kind of take away the guesswork and you help people just have a pathway. You know what you're meant to be doing because there's a system. You know that when you're in this position, you're like, you know that when you're in closed guard, that you've got to attack their posture, right? 
there isn't we, we close the guard we don't go with the guy sitting up we don't go for a guillotine right we 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 don't we don't we don't try and and take his back from there we, we break him down first you know we, we systemize this we get our grips we break his posture then we isolate an arm if that doesn't work then we do this and then then we then we get the overhook and we go to the triangle or whatever 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 our system is and people aren't doing that um and they used to i think jiu-jitsu used to be really systemized and then they kind of moved away from that and i'm hoping it moves back towards systemized jiu-jitsu um but i but i think it's going to have to by natural selection because i think the gyms that don't are going to kind of get left behind the gyms that don't embrace the uh, the adcc the stuff and don't embrace the systemization you know i think i think they're going to they're going to fall to the wayside because their students are going to you know going to end up with a uh, yeah they, they, they're going to go to the the franchise schools right um, and i won't mention any names i won't i won't, won't throw anyone under the bus but they're going to move to the franchise schools right and the and the independent schools are going to, are going to just destroy them in competitions one of the greatest but one of the worst things that i think has ever happened to to grappling and jiu-jitsu as well has been um has been instructional videos and youtube because the, it's again it's a bottomless pit now look I, i'm not saying that i'm not one of those people that watches them i've got like two terabytes of it you know stored so you yeah know, i'm not saying it's wrong but i think that you can almost overdo it a little bit you know you're talking about systemization you talk about john danaher of dvd dvds or i nearly said vhs this time. i don't know why i haven't watched one of them in about <laughs> 15 20 years but you know, and and your, your Gordon Ryan ones and your Craig Joneses, you know, you've got all these great, great people, great grapplers that have got these, you know, each video is like an hour and a half long and they're talking about stringing lots of things together. But then you've also got the, the, the short ones as well. Like, you know, you could stick on YouTube and watch YouTube for days and days and days. And each person has a different way of doing something. Um, and I think it's quite easy, really, to get kind of stuck into that where you bounce from one technique, you try that, then you bounce into something else. Whereas, like you're saying there, you're not actually stringing stuff together. Now, I, I do say to my students as well, I say, look, don't bother about YouTube or, or or instructional videos at the moment because, you know, you're not at that level. Um, you know, you might see something really cool on uh, I don't know, it's like a Baron Bolo back take or something like that, but you haven't got the fundamentals and the foundations to, to exactly. be able to, to do that. So yeah. until you can actually do that, then you will be able to do that because you'll understand the concept. But when they try and do it, you know, you must have had it as well, where people try and roll into a back take from your half guard or something like that. And you're just like that, mate, what are you doing? And you just take the back and, you like yeah so like what i get is i get people come in i get white belts and they come in and they'll, they'll say to me and i sound like, sound like i'm shitting on white belts I think, of course we, we were all white belts at one point right so we all start somewhere when they come in they say oh i saw this great video on youtube oh, i already i'm already face palming and i'm like but okay yeah yeah what, what's this technique and then they'll show you and i go right okay but look the re the reality of youtube and jiu-jitsu on youtube is that the I don't know if I've ever seen a technique taught on YouTube that I think is complete, ever. Um, and I don't think that's the fault necessarily of the guy showing it. I don't think these people are showing half-assed shitty techniques. I mean, I think a lot of them are doing exactly, doing exactly that. A lot of them are doing, showing shit techniques. Um, but I don't think that a lot, of, a lot of them aren't doing that on purpose. They're showing their version of the technique that works really well for them. But you don't have the opportunity to ask them the question because they're – 
let's say you've got some black belt showing a technique that he's done a million times before. He goes, okay, well, you grab the collar and you grab the sleeve and you do move like this and you put your foot there and then and over they go. Super simple. Right, okay, except when I try it, they pass my guard every time. Oh, right, yeah, well, obviously, you need to have some guard retention in place. Okay, but I can't ask you that because you're on your YouTube video. <laughs> I, can't, I can't interact with you and ask you when I fail at your technique, I can't get you to correct me on it. So that's the problem I think that... Uh, um that a lot of people are going to face when they see a technique on youtube and it might be a very valid technique um but when there might be some detail that you haven't picked up on that you or you can't see all the guys take for granted and i think that's the case in almost all of the techniques that I, I think that the best you can hope for really the best the most the, all i've ever really taken from youtube when i and i do watch a lot of it i watch youtube all the time <laughs> but the only things i've ever really taken are the odd concept here and there and maybe a partial part of a technique that I'm already working on, and that might be the missing the missing key detail that I need to finish the technique off. Like I'm going for something, and 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 um, I'm finding like, every time I try this, the guy happens to grab my trouser, and then the technique is use your foot to block that arm so they can't grab your trouser. Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah. But the rest of the you know the rest of it I already had in place. So I, I pick up a, like 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 a finishing detail maybe here and there, or I pick up a concept. But very rarely will I pick up a full a full technique, and certainly not a full system off of YouTube. It's just simply because you you can't interact with with the person. Uh, you could put a comment in, I suppose, under the video, but you're not gonna you're not gonna get any feedback from them. So um, for that reason, it's virtually useless. I guess you could argue that that's kind of like the the, the conceptual uh, idea behind sort of modern jujitsu these days. Really, is that um, you, you can learn you can learn at home. Um, but unless you actually, you know, are a regular at a gym, you train, I don't know, a minimum of like three or four times a week where you're kind of pulling all those fundamentals together that we're talking about, regardless of kind of what level you are at and you're, and you're training them. So, you know, we talked, I talked about mind mapping before. So you've got those linked neuropathways going on in your brain to be able to put all that together and, and think like you do. And again, um, you know that that comes to time served on the mat and and yeah. and the level that that you're at as well um i i, I guess in some way it, it's it's yeah. really good there, there isn't a substitute for mat time and good instruction there simply isn't you know um can you do it yourself well i did but i've been doing this since the mid 90s now <laughs> it's taken me a long time um much easier if i, if I had if i had a coach to guide me Right. Um, and my students pick stuff up much faster than I ever picked it up because they've got someone who's done it and can tell them how to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm 100 percent agree with you. You might pick some something up off a video, but without without regular, consistent training in a gym, it's effectively useless. How do you find the, the correlation between um, the, the guys that you see or what's your opinion on? And the guys, uh, you're the guys in your gym through through competition and or your competitors and your um, your guys that just turn up for like fitness or that just because they uh, they they enjoy the sport. Do you do you see the levels are different or you know how how do you kind of how do you kind of see that with your students at the moment? So for sure, the guys that compete are better. You know that they are now. Correlation doesn't equal causation right does it are they better because they focus and they compete a lot or do they compete a lot because they're better 
right? So, you know, I'm not saying that competing, I'm not saying that that shows that competing makes you better. I think it does. I do think competing makes you better. Um, and for me, it was critical. Um, there was no question that competing made me a lot better. I compete a lot, as I, as I already said, to identify my holes. And I'd have a smile on my face when I lost. Um, I'd have a bigger smile when I won. <laughs> I'd have a smile on my face when I lost. Like, oh, right, yeah, he got me with that. But I'm going to figure that out now. Oh, right, yeah. So I was, I was susceptible to that sort of grip and that, that, that strategy. You know, all that deep half guard that flipped me. Right, okay, I need, I need to work on that. Right, so I, I got better because of that. Um, so uh, there is definitely a correlation between the guys in my gym who compete, um, you know, and how well they do in rolling against the other guys. Um, I don't think that, as I said, I don't think that proves it. I don't think that proves that competition is better. But I do think comp competition does make you better. Um, because you focus on it more and you by competing a lot, you get to find more of your holes. You know, I mean, the best guys in my gym do compete. And so, um, and they've got better from competing. I don't, I, and I, and I, I don't think that's really debatable. Um, so to answer your question directly, yeah, that's it. The guys that, the guys that compete are better. Um, and those that compete get better. Yeah. How do you how how do you see your jiu-jitsu going? Because you've um, you know in the last few months you uh, competed on Polaris, didn't you? Like uh, was it a couple of Polarises ago you were on? Uh, it, was, it was almost a year ago now. I competed on Polaris last September. Was that when you won, you won by? Sorry, was it ankle lock you won by? I can't remember. I won by heel hook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it was yeah. like what in the first first couple of minutes, if I remember. Oh no, no, he was pretty good. That was that that was Nick 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 the Tooth. Okay. Um, yeah, so he was he he's won the worlds. Um, so he he he's pretty good, um, but he didn't have a strong leg leg lock game. So um, he was he's he he's won he's won the IBJF worlds gi and no gi a number of times. I mean, in the master division, he's a bit older than me as well. So you know, um, got to take that into into account. Um, but he's not a big leg locker, and I think he, and he was trying he's trying to get into it, and he's and he wanted to be on a professional show like Polaris. Um, and so they asked me to, to to jump in. I said, yeah, 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 okay, sure. Um, I looked him up, and I said, geez, the guy's, the guy's won the Worlds a number of times. He's going to be really hard to beat. And he was hard to beat. Um, and when I was on top, I couldn't get hold of his legs very well. I tried, and I couldn't get hold of his legs very well, and he had a strong guard, and I couldn't I couldn't get through. So then when when we got reset, I I, I sat I sat down, um, which I think shocked a few people because I'm a top player, right? But I, but I sat, and um, as he came forwards, I, I inverted on the legs and 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 and, and, I, and I took a heel hook. Um, but that's just that's just my day. I think if we if we com if we competed um, IBGF rules, I think he I think he'd wreck me. I, I I don't think I could score on him at all. To be honest, um, it was just the fact that the rule set didn't favour him. So um, and I, and and I get a lot of people think that I'm I'm a leg lock specialist, and and I'm really not. And I just as I said earlier, I just consider them the same as everything else. Like if the guy didn't have any triangle defense, I would have probably triangled him, right? But he did have very good, you know, he's very good at that sort of stuff. He's got excellent jujitsu. Um, so, but so the, I, I, I picked away, you know, here, there, you know, I try and try and try and try and tap away and find the holes. Right, found one. I'll go for that, right? So that's why I believe in being um, well-rounded, you know. So um, yeah, but that was in Sardinia because I go out to Sardinia every year um, for the summer camp. Um, fantastic um, every September and I was going out there anyway and so they said to me Lee you, you, you're going to be out anyway do you want to fight him his opponents pulled out 
like oh, I was looking forward to just having some fun in the sun and going on the beach with my mates but yeah I guess I'm going to train and fight this guy <laughs> yeah so yeah that that was it yeah so I, um, I was on Polaris and and I won my heel hook against a guy that doesn't train heel hooks so not as impressive as it might sound <laughs> I think those sort of shows are, are have been absolutely amazing for 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 the for the sport itself. I mean, I, I remember going to either the first or the second one that was down in Paul, and uh, I think that was that the one with uh, Gary Tonin and uh, was it Magalisa was on it, the really big like thick muscly guy. Okay. Um, it, and that and that was a really good show. And then I went, I took my daughter last year uh, up to Cardiff. And uh, it was just it, it was just another level again. The one that's just been on, I I, I managed to watch that, and I, I just think putting like like you're saying the ADCCs and all those sorts of things are really kind of making making the mark, and especially with like the UFC and the rise of like Cage Warriors and One FC, and um, and people are becoming a little bit more interested in it. It's not having that sort of like upturned nose like it used to be like ten years ago, even when I started you know yeah. training that it, it uh mma and and grappling submission fighting kind of had that cage fighter um kind of stereotype behind it and now people are seeing it as like you know a lifestyle choice you know i'm mega into my surfing hence the grumpy surfer so you know um you know that's got a stereotype behind it you know all, all surfers are stoners you know and, and, it, and it's come out of it's it's coming out of these stereotypes and people are seeing it's it's really good for like your mental health your physical fitness your your mobility yeah. it adds something else you know self-defense and all these kind of things are coming out and loads more women are getting introduced into the sport and you can see that through social media and and the the, the posts that are people upon there and so I, I I think kind of like the televisation and yeah and, and the advertising I, has been amazing. I really want to come to take my hat off to these promoters that do this sort of stuff. Um, I'm, and I'm going to be honest, I, I I hate competing on these big pro shows. Um, I don't mind going to you know to to a, to a, to a, a sports event or a sports hall somewhere where um, there's eight mats and everyone competing and nobody's bothering. But when when it's when you've got like all eyes on you on a professional event and it's televised and everyone's watching you, that's not my thing, you know? So um, I, I don't really enjoy it, but I do want to take my hat off to them because when they started, like you've got to think like Polaris, um, they did their first event over, uh, is it St. David's Hall over in Cardiff? Um, I, I went along to it. I just, you know, I just, you know, I just try and get involved in some, some of this stuff. Like I just hear they're running a, a professional grappling event in Wales. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. I'm just going to buy some tickets and go along to it. And it was really cool. Right. So, you know, um, but I, I take my hat off because that's a gamble. You've got to think that they're, that they're, they're, they're flying in. And, and the first, first event, you know, they flew in guys like, like Kit Dale, you know, um, and, uh, you know, Keenan Cornelius and um, a load of, you know, a ton of guys they brought in um, from overseas. And that's got to cost them. Then they got rent, rent the hall and they got put everyone in a hotel and they, they've got a massive outlay there. And you think, what if, what if, what if they sell three tickets? Right, you know, professional jujitsu. You know, I mean, is there a big market for that? Now, fortunately, they, they, you know, they've they've done very well, um, and they and and they and they've gone from strength to strength, and it's and it's fantastic. But that initial gamble, you've got to commend them for that because that's a huge. That's thousands. That's that's losing your house type money, right? That that if it goes wrong, you know, your, your missus is going to leave you over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I absolutely um, admire the the guys that have done that, you know, that, 
so hats off to them. You know, and same with the with the MMA promotions. It's the same sort of deal. You know, when you're bringing in bringing in some names and and you and you and you're renting out a massive event or an arena, you know, and you bring in the cage and paying all these fighters and, and like, geez, you know, you've got to you've got to be able to cover your costs and you've got to you've got to be confident you can do this because it's not an easy game, right? So, um, yes, you, I absolutely agree with you that that it's fantastic that it's blown up, but it, it's not it's not because people haven't had a lot of commitment because they have, they've had to, they've had to take risks and they've had to gamble and they've had to be committed to making this work. Um, and they've got to, they've got to have their, their, their head on straight. Um, and we, we, we have to recognize that, that, that it's, it's the success of the sport is it's due to these people. How do you see jujitsu and, and grappling like, like growing? Do you, do you feel like, um, cause, cause I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit mixed about this. I don't know whether, I don't know whether grappling has uh, and jujitsu is kind of in a fad. You know, um, sports and like social media runs in circles, right? You know, you had you had MySpace, then there was Facebook, and then you know it kind of goes around like that. Um, you know, do, do you see do you see jujitsu being kind of a, a sort of an elongated fad for people, or do you see that it's just gonna kind of grow exponentially maybe even you know replace judo in the olympics maybe i don't know i mean what's your opinion on it um i wouldn't like to see it replace judo in the olympics i mean i don't don't really care but i think judo is a much better sport to watch than than gi jiu-jitsu that's so much more exciting i think gi jiu-jitsu bores the pants off me it's um really really i I can't stand watching it but i'm you know, it's, it's not to me, is it? I mean, if if, if it's popular and people want to watch it, fine. Um, will it continue to grow? I don't know. I'm I'm terrible at predicting stuff. I'm, I'm awful. Um, I think, uh, judging by by my, my, my classes, at least, I don't know. I people enjoy them. Um, my classes are busy. They're packed. Um, after after COVID, they really exploded, to be honest. And I'm and I'm not I'm not really sure why. Um, but my, my my classes are very busy, and people have a great time there. Um, and all I can think is I've taught for a long time. And when I taught other stuff, when I taught MMA, it's never been massively popular. MMA fitness was when I did, when I ran boot, boot camp fitness classes, they were popular, but didn't like doing it. Um, but I've taught like other, other arts and stuff, and it's never really taken off, um, as much as jujitsu has. Um, and I just think that jujitsu is so much more fun. So whether it gets bigger or not, I don't know, but I think there'll always be a market for it because people come along and they have a go and they think, wow, this is, a, this is great. I get I get to have a pull around. I get to break a sweat. I get to have some fun, get to have some contact. I'm not actually getting, I'm not, I'm not getting a black eye out of it. I'm not getting concussion. And um, I'm getting a piss taken at me, at least in my gym. Um, but, you know, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way to spend your evening and have some fun and get fit. And it's, and you'll, you know, people, people, are, you know, everyone treats martial arts as a form of self-defense anyway. So whether it gets bigger or smaller or not, my classes are legitimately fun. And I go to other people's classes and they're fun. So I think jiu-jitsu generally is a fun sport. So that's, and and, and, and I do think that is due to the, to the taming of the rule set. I think allowing people to not get punched in the face and, and not, not have to deal with um, a 21 year old, wrestler spinning all over you because you can slow him down by grabbing his gi um i think that helps people 
you know, it allows, it allows like, like guys in their 30s who might be having a desk a desk job and, you know, sitting behind a monitor all day. It allows them to be able to go and have a bit of a physical pull around with someone. Um, so for that reason, I think it's always going to be to be here to stay now. I don't know if it's going to get much more popular, but I think it's already it's already pretty damn popular. Everyone knows about Jiu-Jitsu now. Um, I think it's kind of like a the catch twenty two situation, really, isn't it? So, like, you know, I, I think the well, you've got like Mark Zuckerberg competing in competitions. You know, um, you've got you you you've got a lot a lot now a lot of well known celebrities are practicing Jiu-Jitsu and even competing in Jiu-Jitsu. So I think. Um, it's 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 out there. Everybody knows what it is, um, and it can't really go away. Well, it's that middle and, ground, isn't it? You're you're not going to a boxing gym and getting your head punched, and you're not going to an MMA gym or a kickboxing gym and, and, and you know and getting smashed. You you can go into a safe environment that's yeah. like a like a padded cell for for I don't know. It's a, for, it's a full contact sport. You know, I mean that's what it is. You know, let's 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 not be about the bush. It's a it's a full contact sport. Um, where you win by making your opponent give up, right? Or completely dominating them physically, right? To score points. Um, but you're doing it without getting head trauma, which is fantastic, right? Um, yeah, you're going to pick up injuries if you train like an idiot, right? Yeah, because I've trained like an idiot and I've got a load of injuries. <laughs> um, but if you train sensibly, it's it's a safe sport. Um, and it's you, you, exactly like you say, you're, you're not getting punched in the, in the face. You're not getting booted across the chops you're not you're not getting ground and pounded uh, and similarly you're not in a hallway lining up flicking punches and kicks at thin air and shouting yeah yeah in a line i've done it i've got black belt in it um i wasn't but... even going to talk about that but you brought it up so <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like that that's not for everyone right and people are realizing that it's that it's not effective for fighting right um and it's, it's it's effectively a form of dance. But look, and I'm not going to knock it. Like, so like if people want to do that, and you want to do, you want to stand there, and you want to flick your feet around, and there's there absolutely there are some benefits to dance, right? You know, it, it's great. You know, you get your heart pumping, you get to move move around, you get some mobility going. You might do a load of push ups. You learn some discipline. It's not, you're not going to get the same sort of workout you're going to get from jujitsu, um, and you're not going to get the same sort of level of contact. You know, um, but if if it, if it, if it's what you enjoy, it's what you enjoy. But I think it's kind of time has kind of come now, and people are realizing that there are better ways to 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 do a safe martial art, you know, than than learning patterns and forms and trying to break boards. <laughs> I want to change the I want to change the direction of this conversation a little bit just because we've been nearly going an hour and I'd like to get your opinion on it because everyone that I speak to jujitsu about and has their own gym I like to get their kind of opinion on is um okay run, running their own gym because yeah. I think uh definitely from what I've heard over you know the last few you know 10 years that I've been training is it's it's kind of like the dirty word in the in the in the jujitsu word. No one really talks about jujitsu as the as a, a, a as a business. It's okay. it's it's more about you know the the community and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, to, to, for anything to thrive and to have a nice clean place and to to be able to have a good area, you've got to kind of 
um, uh, treat it as a business. So, I mean, what's what's kind of like your outlook and all, and all that sort of thing? And and uh, yeah, sure. you know, what's um, your opinion? Okay, so I'm in a bit of a unique, maybe not fully unique. I'm sure there are other people in the same boat as me, but a little bit of a unique situation in as much as um, I'm an engineer and I do all right. I own all right as an engineer. Um, that's my income. You know, that pays my mortgage. That that pays for my kids like trampoline lessons it pays for me to go on holiday you know i mean it doesn't <laughs> i can promise you that um but my 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 gym's tiny um i haven't even got a, got a, a toilet in my gym it's a it's a tiny little unit with some mats a, a small cage and some bags um and I, then i've made the most of it i've put up a climbing wall and i've put like um bars across the ceiling and stuff um because they don't take up any space but i'm in there in the evenings and that's it it's a it's I've got I've got my own unit, I've got my own gym, but I'm not not in there very often. Um, it's not my main source of income. So, I mean, my take on this is going to be different to someone that's paying their mortgage by it. Now, so when I I have to kind of caveat that because when I talk about how I coach people and how I do things, it's from a different lens. And like like I very I do very very few private lessons. Um, I teach the only the only private I do regularly is, is I I teach a lad. He's um, a Ukrainian kid comes over, uh, so he, he, he's he's here. Um, you know, like his family have, have fled because of the war, and I teach him a free private once a week. Um, you know, just because I think you know the kid's here and he's trying to do his best and he's he's keen and he's a refugee and he's left all his family and friends behind, right? And I mean. <laughs> it's just awful so you know i mean so i just and i and I like him he's a nice kid so i just i do my free private but aside from that i don't do privates very you know i mean if someone wants to do a private with me and they want to pay me fine but i say to the guy i say you don't have to do privates with me You've got a question just ask me I should, i'll give you the answer just just ask me you know um grab me after class or or before class if i've got some free time i'll just do it with you or come to the open mat session and just ask me and i'll go through it with you you know you don't have to pay me for a private um, I'm very keen on my my students being very, uh, 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 on being, uh, feeling like they can approach me and ask me anything on jujitsu. Um, I try and be I try and be very approachable, and I absolutely understand that that isn't uh, that, that, that's that, that's kind of a, a privileged position for me because I've got an income. If jujitsu was my only form of income, then I probably have to charge for private. So I'm not going to knock people that do. It's, I, I get it, you know. Um, I don't, I don't force anyone to buy kit off me. In fact, I don't really have any kit. You know, I, I ordered, I ordered some geese in for, you know, on, on, um, on the demand. Some people wanted to get some geese done, so I said, look, I'll make some up, but give me your orders now so I can make them up. I don't have a stock that I try and sell because I don't need to. If you want to get a gi, cool, go on eBay or go to Tatami or go, go wherever. Right, go, go to, go to like Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood. Shout out sponsor. <laughs> um, but you know, you just go buy a gi. I don't care what color it is. I'm not going to make you wear white. I'm not going to. You know, I don't. I'm not going to make you buy my kit. I'm not going to make you pay different memberships or different classes. You just pay a membership and come along. As long as, as, long, as, long as we, we, we've got a gym to train in, then then as, as, long, as long as as long as I'm not paying out of pocket to teach you guys, then then I don't I don't care, right? Um, so. I have found though that that philosophy has really worked well for me, uh, and whilst I'm not trying to actively, you know, I don't advertise, 
you know i don't i don't pay for any advertising at all i've got i've got a website um that cost me like what 15 quid a year or something to run or something i, I put it up myself um it was awful for a while well, it was awful for about two decades <laughs> and then i got some feedback like your website is really bad oh yeah but i don't care it's funny and then I, i've recently updated it just to but i don't i don't i don't pay for any google ads or anything like this i don't because i don't care if you don't want to come to my gym don't come to my gym not fast right go go train go go train somewhere else i, I don't mind i'm not gonna fall out of you you know I'll, I'll see you around town i'll say hello you can still come to our open mats if you want doesn't bother me um but that attitude has really brought in a lot of people i think um like as as politically um i guess uh, uh neutral as i can i've got quite a few guys who come to my gym that have a red triangle on on their back right on their geese um you know so because they, they they just like the freedom that they can just come to my gym and do what they want you know um so I, I have found that, you know, I guess paradoxically, um, that by not trying to be very business minded, that I've, I'm doing quite good business. <laughs> I've got, you know, my, my classes are really, really packed, you know, like to the point where people have to sit out for, for rolling. We, we don't have rolling every class, so there's not a problem, but half the class have to sit out well, half them roll and then they swap over. You know, we're really, really busy. Um, and it works really well, really well for me. Um, I keep my, my the only if I'm going to give any advice, I'm probably the wrong guy to give advice to. Um, get an accountant. I've got an accountant. Um, he handles stuff for me. I've got a cheap accountant. He's really he's really good and he and he's really cheap. And just once a month, I send him my bank statements and my expenses, and he sorts out my you know my uh, my tax return. Um, so but my advice is get an accountant because it's it's definitely worth paying someone to do it for you. Um, and keep your costs down I, I, and i don't think that people i don't know maybe maybe it works to do it differently I'm, as i say i'm the wrong person to ask but my my rent is really really cheap i found a unit the years and years ago and i've got a good relationship with my with my landlord um and my rent's really really cheap um and i don't really have any other overheads i've got i, I stuck in some, some leds for my lights to keep my electric costs down um, I use a propane heater in the winter. Um, my costs are really, really cheap. So by keeping my costs down, um, my gym's doing all right. You know, um, it can now pay. It 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 pays for a takeaway. You know, at the end of the week. So um, that's about. I mean, I'm I'm happy to answer any specific questions you might have, but that's a, that's what I can think of. You know, it's a, it's a hobby to me. I treat it I treat it as a passionate hobby, and I maybe my my passion rubs off, and people want to come and be part of it i don't know <laughs> that's I'm, I'm i don't run it as a business really mate uh, to be fair that's great advice i mean consider regardless of whether you treat it as a business or not um it, it it's something that you're obviously passionate about and the reason why people come to you is because you know they they see that they, they see that coming through you and the thing I, I love seeing my students do well i love seeing them grade you know um I, the last thing that I mean, I I do not want to hold them back. I I'd like I'd love to have a gym full of black belts. I really would, but we have standards, of course, and I can't just give people belts, right? You know, you you you've got to earn them. But I but I'm really keen for them to get good so they can earn them, and I'm and I help them as much as I can, you know. And 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 I really I I, I don't I don't charge them for privates. I just say just ask me, just you you know, and 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 
here's here's something that a lot of people disagree with. And, and there are some things that I do that people people don't do traditionally. I already I've already said that the way that I train's a bit different in as much as I do um I do like the leg locks and I and I do takedowns and a lot of no gi stuff. Um but um I encourage people to ask me about how to get their next belt, where they're from. And I know a lot of places say if you ask about your belt, six months added straight away, right? I mean, come on. You know, who who the fuck do you think you are? Right? Like like you're some sort of lord over them. And you will tell them how how to live their lives and you're gonna say, No, you can't question me. Like, you know, these are your customers, right? And in my case, whilst I'm not doing this um for any financial gain, well, of course I I'm not gonna say I, I don't love money, because I do love money. Of course I do. Um, but I want these are my students, and I owe them. They 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 put their they put their faith in me, and they and they and they're paying me their money, right? So I I owe them the best that I can do, and their goals are their goals. If their goals are to get the next belt, then it's my job to help them get there. That's what they're paying me for, and that's what they that's what they're coming to me for. They want to get to a black belt, and I've got to give them a pathway to get there. So I I quite, I quite encourage people to speak to me about this stuff. Like Lee, what do I need to get? To get to my, my blue belt okay cool excellent question i'll help you with it here's a here, here's a syllabus you've got to learn our syllabus first of all right and you got to, and then once you learn that you have to ro ro roll at the right level and if you're not ro rolling at the right level let me help you come roll with me Let, let's 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 do let's do a couple of rounds and i'll tell you what i think you need to work on right um and i know a lot of people don't like that idea so you know i mean and and, and cool you know if it works for you if people way. don't like that idea i think their philosophy is all wrong because i think that's a if anyone that's got anything about them that should be that should be the mentality right it shouldn't be about like you know having this having this power over people uh there's been quite a lot of stuff you know don't get me wrong i, I pay attention to social media and stuff like that you know i, I watch lots of different things and there's been quite a significant rise, I think, in the last sort of like six months to a year about how um, just because you're a black belt doesn't make you a good coach or it doesn't make you a, a good person. And, and it was the same in the military as well. Just because that you have a, a certain rank doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're good at doing that job. It doesn't mean that you're a, that, that, exactly. you're, that you're a good soldier at all. So. Like, like, like you, you, you got your black belt because you're good at jujitsu, not because you can teach jujitsu, right? And not because you're a good mentor. And, you know, that's a responsibility. When you're coaching people, you have a responsibility to them. But I've met coaches that only care about money and they only care about what they can get out of it, right? Look, and, and look, I get it. You know, it, they're in a different boat to me. They are paying their mortgage like this. So, look, I, look, I understand. But I really cannot get on board with these people that insist on you call them by the right title and you have to show them some level of respect like that you being a black belt hasn't earned you the respect it hasn't i'm just gonna, all it means is that you've been on the mat a long time that's all it all it means right now if you want to respect me for being on the mat a long time well that's cool you know and you know but i get that respect by, by i have a black belt and i wear my black belt that's my respect right you don't have to you don't have to call me professor i mean that's, that's fucking bizarre I, I, I feel it's really well, weird anyway. Look, no, I mean, look, I do use a term sometimes. Like, if, I, if I'm speaking to a high-level black belt, out of politeness, I will call them professor because I think it's, it's a respectful thing to do. 
but they don't if they start insisting on me i'll be like i probably don't want to hang out with you right you're, you're being weird you know if people want to call me professor they can do i don't think i don't know if anyone's ever could. the only time i've ever been called professor i think is is at a competition when i'm coaching and the referees turned to me and said oh professor your student's doing this or, oh okay all right right okay um i don't know look I've, I've got nothing against it you know you can call me professor if you want right fine but i i'm not certainly not going to demand it and you don't have to call me that at all. Call me, call me Lee. Everyone does. The kids, the kids at the gym call me Lee, right? Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But you know, Lee, can you help me with this? Yeah, of course I can. Right? Um, I think if you're if you're using it to lord over them, and they do, and I've seen it, and it's happened to me as well, where they 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 the coaches are restricting belts, you know, because for whatever made up reason in their head, you know, they've got they feel they've been slighted. They feel you're not doing the right thing exactly the way they like. I mean, well, if that's the case, talk to me or talk talk to your students, right? Like, I've got I've got students, I've got brown belt students, and they've been brown belts for a couple of years, right? And they're on the cusp of getting their black belts. So I talk to them and I say, you need to do this. I want you to get your black belt. You need, but I can't have you going to an open mat and what? And I'm not going to name anyone because all, all, all my brown belts are good, right? But I can't have them go to an open mat, for example, wearing a black belt. And have someone come up to them and say, "Oh, professor, I'm struggling with this technique, this you know, a, a very basic technique, like maybe like like, like a cross choke or or an Ezekiel or something like this." And can you help me with it? And they say, "No, I don't really know." <laughs> like, and I know that happens, but not to one of my black belts, right? If you're going to get a black belt from me, you're going to be well rounded, and you're going to know at least have a good grasp of the fundamentals, right? So, um, where I'm going with this is, oh, but I'll tell them. I say, look, you need to do this. And I think you could really benefit from doing a competition. You don't have to win it, but I think you'd learn a lot, right? And you don't have to. I'm not going to say you have to compete to get your belt. You don't, right? But if you want to hit hit those those markets, like, like the, you know, we've, we've, all got, we've all got our own metrics that we want to go by. And I've got mine, but I'll tell you what they are. I want you to be able to know these level of techniques. I want you to be able to roll at this right level. Can you hold your own with with other black belts or other brown belts or other purple, whatever grade you're going for, can you hold your own with them? Can you, you know, within your own weight class and gender and age bracket, of course, right? I'm not going to expect you to be able to, I'm not going to expect a 50 year old man to be able to hold his own with a, with a 21 year old purple belt. I mean, it's going to be a ball eight for all of us. <laughs> um, but a lot of these guys, they won't tell you that. It's just this, this kind of kept secret and only they have the access to it. Because the reason, reason is, it's because it's all subjective. Which is the wrong way to do it, right? Have some objective metrics. Don't be a don't be a prick, right? Don't you 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 you're no better than anyone else. You you still wipe your ass, right? You still pull your pants up. You still get a bed, right? You're just like any of the rest of us, right? Yes, you're a black belt. Like yeah, we we are black belts. That doesn't make us better than anyone else. It makes us better at jiu-jitsu probably, <laughs> um, because we are right. And then when you get black belt, you'll be as good as us or better as well. Right, but we're not better people. Don't don't think don't think that we are. Don't don't, don't hold it over people because I think that's you know maybe I'm going to be a bit of a rant here, but uh, especially when as mo most black belts, including myself, we've all got holes in our game. So to think that to, to act like like we're all knowing and all you know and 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 superior like we're not right. Um, and I, I don't like that. I don't like that attitude. So um, yeah, I don't do that in my gym. You know, I encourage my students to ask me um, what they need to work on, um, and I don't try and hold anything over them. And 
and I sound like I've been on a bit of a rant there. But... Oh, mate, love it. Do you know what? Finishing on a rant. Let's uh, let's finish enough because we've just been uh, been going over for over an hour now. Uh, I'd like to fire five quick fire questions at you before we finish, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, so here we are. So the first one is, what's your favourite submission? Rene joke. Um, is it is it rapid fire, or do, you, or do you want me to explain? You can explain. Okay, the reason I like the rear naked choke is because no matter how tough someone is, no matter how strong their arms are, um, no matter how, you know, I've cracked guys' arms in competition, and I've had my arm cracked and not tapped. Right, um, happens. But rear naked choke, uh, strangles are superior because it doesn't matter how tough they are because they go to sleep. But the rear naked strangle in particular works in any in any rule set that allows you to do it is it works very very well um and it, it allows a kid to to completely defeat or even kill a full granado if they wanted to right it's by far the most powerful submission in all all of unarmed combat it's a, it's a most powerful move in my opinion your favorite mma or bjj practitioner and why oh oh that's a big spectrum yeah and that's kind of hit me like without any prep because I don't I'm going to be honest I don't have I'm not I don't have like guys that I think are really really good or girls that I think are really really good that I don't think can that I, that I put on a pedestal really I just I love I love seeing good technique like on any given day someone could be great I could okay so I really like GSP I think he's excellent um but if he gets beat by someone that's better than him I just admire it I'm not disappointed I don't think oh my, my my favorite fighter got beaten. I just think, wow, that guy was really good. He beat GSP, you know. So I, I can't really give you. I, I, I guess I've given you a name there, but I can't really think of anyone that. I mean, you could. Yeah, I mean, you could say yourself. I mean, you know, you you've been there. <laughs> but, yeah, but I don't think I'm not a fan of myself. I think I'm really boring. I think I think most of my matches are two points and a takedown and stall for four and a half minutes. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite escape? Uh, probably framing and shrimping out of mount. Yeah, front door front door escape, we call it. Um, people call it uh, elbow escape, don't they? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a real real strong one. Takedowns or pulling guard? Takedowns. Uh, because it transcends jiu-jitsu. It also works in MMA, works in self-defense situations, works in judo competitions, works in a lot of other competitions. Pulling guard only works in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Here's a box of worms I'm probably going to open. Who is or what is the best and the worst person to train with? Well, I guess you mean that I've trained with. Just in uh, general, like let's, let's use a, a stereotype of people. You can name names if you want to. I mean, we can go down that road if you want. Okay, so um, I think, and I actually can't remember the name, or I, w- I would say it. But there's a guy on the, you know, uh, um, out of the Danaher Death Squad team that was renowned. I can't remember what his name is. So, um, but he was renowned for injuring people in training and enjoying it. And I met a girl who wrestled um, a couple of years ago and her knees were completely smashed. And she said, yeah, she went and trained and he just, and and, and she she wrestled in high school. She, she, she was American. And she said, yeah, he just, just like, like, just double leg the shit out of her and smash her through the floor. And he was like, obviously, like eighty five kilos. I mean, she was like sixty kilos. Like, 
the fuck's wrong with you? What are you doing? And there are some guys that they just they just they're known for ripping on submissions and just trying to injure their training partners. Um, I, that's the sort of person I don't want to train with. If someone did that to me, um, I'm going to look at them funny. And if they've actually injured me, I'm going to punch them in the face. And we're going to go very quickly from a jiu-jitsu roll to an MA fight or just to a fight. We're going to scrap. If you if you roll like a prick and you injure me, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And I'm probably going to hit you with a dumbbell or something. Um, yeah, the, those are the sort of people I don't want to roll with. Um, who are the people that I do like training with? Um, actually, despite what a lot of people might tell you, might say, um, and who they prefer to train with, I prefer to roll with smaller, less experienced people. Um, lower grades um, because it allows me to work it allows me to practice what I want to work on because I don't want to have a gym war like I mean if I want to learn something then of course I want to go and train with some 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 good some good coaches um, if I'm just rolling I'm not interested in having a fight I just want to try some stuff out and have some fun and try my techniques and practice some movement um, so yeah so real quick answer real, real, just to summarize don't roll with guys that are going to fucking try and injure you um that becomes a, that's going to become a scrap um and do roll with people that you can comfortably control and don't injure them yes perfect lee remedios thank you very much for joining me on the podcast i appreciate your time no worries thank you very much for having me um we, we have trained in the past i know um so it, it's, it's, it's cool to catch up um and maybe we'll do this again yeah sam thanks mate cheers then bye-bye and that's it. If you like the podcast, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast provider and leave me a little comment or message or review if you want to. But I say this on every episode, so you're probably not going to do that. <laughs> Catch you next time.